Good morning, everybody. This is another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Always happy to be with you, and I'm not going to get all nostalgic. We're celebrating episode number 500. So if you go back to the year of 2011, October, this was the intro that you were listening to back then. A show that has come from some conventional New York Mets baseball talk to baseball history to a show that really has encompassed everything involved with baseball, sports, and unifying America. And the show obviously means the world to me, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that. You know, you go to 100 shows, 200 shows, 300 shows, 400 shows, 500 shows. It gets to a certain point where it, it's it's not really, it, it, it has no value in going back and celebrating what you've done. If you have any interest in my subject matter, anything that I've talked about, the interviews that I've done, you can check out my website, johnpla.com may not be the most professionally run site in the world, but it's not bad for a person that doesn't know anything about building a website. Um, you can find out a lot of what I believe, a lot of my sports takes, every one of my shows, you know, even going back to the original shows when I was just talking about Mets baseball. But the reason I decided to bring that up is that I actually think of this and think of my show as a voice to have out there, but maybe a voice to bring other people together. And I've always felt that way. I've always believed that God created every single one of us to be his children and to work with each other in spite of all our differences. And the first thing that we think about is what is it that makes us so different to somebody else? And we use that in a negative way. We use that in a way to um, separate ourselves, to segregate ourselves, to, you know, basically divide ourselves. And, you know, we don't, we tend to also within ourselves and within the confines of our own segregated groups, we never decide that it's okay to condemn somebody that we consider one of our own. If you think of Many of the issues that you're hearing, whether it's, you know, the murder of a, a black man, the murder of George Floyd, it's because police were using excessive force. And within that excessive force leads many to believe that not everybody is treated equally. And we talk, we can bring up Black Lives Matter. And unfortunately, there's still a lot of people that first thing they think of is all lives matter. And at the very least, you're very ignorant. I mean, I have family members and I have friends and I have acquaintances and coworkers and people that I know that still don't understand that. And rather than fight or rather than argue with them, I'm just trying to throw some reason out there to understand that we are all together not just within our own segregated groups. And I think the treatment of all individuals equally does start with our police force. But most importantly, it's important to make sure that if a cop does something that is unbecoming of a police officer, that the rest of the police officers should condemn that person, that man or that woman for their actions. And the same thing 
when we're talking about peaceful protests, we're talking about Black Lives Matter and just getting the word out there that blacks should be treated the same way as whites. Well, when that asshole is out there looting and stealing and destroying property and being confrontational and disorderly and un, you know unrestful, it's time for those in the black community to condemn that person. It's not okay. A police officer killing an innocent black person is not okay. The rest of the police officers should understand that that's not okay. Those that are out there rioting and looting and embarrassing the other people that are trying to make a peaceful protest, that's not okay. It's time to condemn the actions of those that are within your own group. That's the major problem here. It's not what's right and what's wrong. It's the fact that we live in a society that's so obsessed with being part of our own segregated group. And we're not going to accept the actions of others that are different from our group. But most importantly, we will not condemn the actions of those that are the same as us. And that's got to change. And I bring this up as it applies to the world of sports. And you have one pro football player, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, Deshaun Jackson. And you have a white player, a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees that both made statements that could be perceived as very negative. You know, Jackson's statements were very hurtful against the Jewish community. Almost to a point where you're like, why did he even take the time to say it? Now, Drew Brees, in, in the height of Black Lives Matter, decided to go along the, the line when it comes to the NFL that, you know, the kneeling for protest was a disrespect to the national anthem, to America. And hopefully we've grown enough through society understand that there is a difference. There's a difference between standing up for equality and against police brutality and supporting this country, which by the way, provides all the resources that we have to be free. The only thing that's messing that up is ourselves. We continue to screw this up. So if you're Deshaun Jackson and I'm glad he's apologetic and I I trust that he means what he says when he feels bad about the way uh, what he said was portrayed. Probably if he had the opportunity to say it again, he wouldn't have said what he said. And Drew Brees, in, in the same case, was, uh, you know, contrite, kind of wishes that he didn't say what he said. Now, it's, it's great to hear people walk back comments because, listen, as a society, if you're talking about all of us, we are all guilty of saying things that we would rather not say. And you know what? If I'm talking on this show, if you want to go back to the 500 or so episodes of the past ball show, I'm sure you can find something that I said that I probably regret. I don't remember saying anything heinous. I don't remember saying anything racist. So, I mean, if you're going to look for something like that, I think you have to dig really deep into it. But I'm sure I've said some things that you know, probably turned out to not be so factual. Or maybe over time I looked back and I said, hey, maybe I could have worded that a little bit differently. That's human nature. We're all guilty of it. 
whether you take pride in making sure that you are as well-spoken as you need to be, or you're ignorant in the way that you speak sometimes, you know, we're all guilty of saying things that we wish we could walk back. Now, the general public, for the most part, now the year of 2020, we got camera phones, we got, you know, the ability to record, record anybody that's out anywhere and basically hold it against them what it is that they say. But we understand that if you're in the public eye, if you are well known, then most of the stuff you say is going to be found. And in a social media day and age that we live in, we have to be accountable to every statement and every comment that we make. Understand within the confines of social media that, you know, it may even be misinterpreted. We may not say exactly what we want to say in a way that we want to say it. Or type something into whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and not have it come out the way that we need it to. I, I've been guilty of that a bunch of times. And I do believe in the ability to clarify your own statements. You know, let's say Riley Cooper dropping an N-bomb. You know, that's not acceptable. It's kind of hard to walk your way back from that and say you didn't really mean what you said. But you said what you said. The question is... What are you going to do to show that you've learned? Because an ignorant person or a person that is not educated enough is capable of saying anything, is capable of saying anything that possibly could come out the wrong way or could be perceived the wrong way. But what we need to do is we need to be understanding with each other, understanding that everybody, every single last one of us is created as one of God's people. And if we are not willing to understand, number one, that many of us are different, none of us are going to think and view and feel the same exact way that you think or view or feel, we're not going to be able to get anywhere. And like I said, it's time for police officers to condemn police officers that are not doing the job the, the way a police officer should. It's time for blacks to condemn other blacks that are not acting in the way that need need to that we we need everybody to act. If you're going out there and pillaging and destroying property and looting, it is it should be an embarrassment to the rest of your race, let alone mankind. And to keep putting spins which you heard Steven Jackson, you know, basically take the spin away. Oh, it wasn't about what he said against Jewish people. Well, listen, what Deshaun Jackson said about Jewish people is very offensive. And you know what? What Drew Brees said about the football players that were kneeling and demonstrating, uh, you know, unifying against police brutality was offensive. But once again, what we do is we give people the opportunity to be remorseful to show their humanity, not humanity by giving, but their humanity by admitting that they are a human being and they make mistakes. But we don't want to do that. We want to keep our own narratives. If you have a narrative that's against police officers, you want to drill George Floyd and the police officer that killed him into people's heads until they believe that all police officers are that way. 
And if you have a problem with black people, which I hate to say it, there's a lot of white people out there that still have a problem with black people. You're going to take Deshaun Jackson's comments and make them to exemplify everything that every black man or woman believes. And we know that's not true. But what we should do is we, we should continue to support each other, continue to be forgiving, and understand that we could all evolve as individuals. We've evolved as society for the longest period of time. I, I mean, all you have to do is go back in history, the 1940s, the 1950s, the 1960s. There were way more ignorant Americans than there are right now. You know, you have, we have, we have, or, you know, we talk about whether it's a celebration or just a, a marking of time of where we come. You, we now have a transgender uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. And, you know, regardless of whether you want to order that particular edition or not, it just shows that we've come a long way in accepting people for the way they are. And there's still a lot against it. There's still a lot of backlash against people that are different. The differences that go back to the days of elementary school, when kids start to notice that there's differences about kids. You know, the fat kid gets picked on, the ugly kid that gets picked on. You know, the person with this speech impediment gets picked on. But then we grow and we realize that not everybody is created the same as we are. And if there's one thing that I ever want to be known for, I, I just want to be a part in contributing to. It's just to all understand that every last one of us is different. And we all, from our own self-segregation, have put ourselves in different categories that may not have been necessary in the first place. We got these two domestic terrorist groups that exist in, its own, in our own country called Republicans and Democrats. Liberals and conservatives. Basically, you sign your life away to believe an entire platform and you basically sacrifice your own individuality for the likes of a friggin' political party, which is disgusting. And many of us live our lives like that. Many of us separate, you know, from our own family members and friends based off of these political beliefs. And it's just, it's embarrassing. You can believe whatever you want to believe. And I said when it comes to politics, politics, I, I, I hate, I hate the thought of selling yourself to a political party that has a whole agenda and a whole narrative and a whole set of beliefs. What about my own individuality? What, how do you feel about abortion? How do you feel about state and federal government? You know, how do you feel about government assistance? You know, these are all things that you should be able to ask your own questions individually, not say, hey, I got to pick this side or that side, and this side's not going to talk to that side. Once again, God created us all to be equal in a melting pot. The United States of America, the region, the country that we have is a nation of immigrants, a nation of people that came from all different wakes and shapes and forms to be what it is. And American doesn't look a certain way. American is not black or white. American is not male or female. American, you know, is not Italian or Irish or German or 
Japanese or you know whatever. It's every last one of us that makes us what it is that we are. And once again, you talk about sports as they always have a way of making their way into real world. You know, athletes are, you know, not separate from the way that the average human being can act or make a statement. In fact, they are under the spotlight a little bit more. You know, Deshaun Jackson's got, you know, whatever, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. So those that's the amount of people that are going to see every last thing that he types into an Instagram message. Me? I got, what, 600 followers? I might even be able to get away with saying something stupid because the general public's probably not going to see it. Or, you know, you know, John Q, 12-year-old, you know, boy or girl that has their own Instagram account. And there are, you know, 155, you know, connections. You know, they may, they may be able to get away with saying some stuff that certainly Deshaun Jackson would not be able to get away with saying. So when I think about this, yes, there's a part that you, you do condemn bad actions or misinformation or just something that comes out really bad. You go out there and you make a mistake and you should stand up and be accountable for that mistake. But because you make the mistake doesn't put you in a category. It doesn't make you a bad person. Obviously, that depends on the nature of what it is that you do. And I was thinking, you know, we, we live in a world of sports where we're trying to get back and we try to figure out what it is. That's going to make us feel the most comfortable about sports coming back. You got players in baseball that are deciding they're not going to play. You're probably going to have more basketball players, more hockey players deciding that they're not going to they're not going to play this season or the rest of the season. In the cases of basketball and hockey, football as it's coming up, we think of football as its own beast, its own kind of forms by itself. The billions and billions of dollars that are involved in a National Football League. There's no way we're going to go without a football season. Well, I think there's a possibility we may. But the the issue is going to be, you know, from uh, the distraction standpoint, as we always use sports as, it's a sanctuary. It's a place to go into to kind of live in your own world, to stand back behind all the problems that you deal with, all the bullshit when it comes to politics that we uh, entrench our lives in, maybe the causes that we're supporting. And to just take a, a break from that and watch something that has nothing to do with us, but we make it to do a lot about us. We have interests, whether it's the teams that we root for, the game maybe that we're watching. Maybe we have a wager on it. Maybe we're playing fantasy sports or we're, we're betting through, you know, DraftKings or FanDuel. But all it is is a distraction. Whether your favorite team wins or loses is not going to change your life. may make you happy. may make you sad. may make you excited. may make you pissed off. But it's not going to change your life. That's what we need sports for. But at the same time, we should respect the athletes that 
had different things going on in their lives and have made the decision to not play. You know, the Ryan Zimmermans, the David Prices, the Buster Poseys in baseball. You know, there's just plenty of good reasons to spend time with your family, to stay closer to your family. And you're talking about what? The months of you know August and September, two months of a baseball season, with hopefully the playoffs, 60 games. Is it worth it if you have a parent that's not in good shape? Is it worth it if you have kids that have some sort of physical or mental ailments? Probably not. This copyright and broadcast is authorized under internet rights granted by the World Wide Web and is solely for entertainment of our audience. Any publication or reproduction of these to the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this show without the express written consent of the Passball Show, JohnPielli.com and JohnPielli LLC is prohibited. Any commercial other use of the program, such as by charging admission for its showing, is similarly prohibited. And I'm thinking about, you know, maybe a call out, but it, you know, if, it, if it's not looked this way, it's understandable, but you know you take and you, you take a little time to respect those that are not within the same beliefs of what you believe. And you know I think of Jackie Robinson when he first played for the Montreal Royals in 1946, and in, in 1947 made his major league debut on April 15th with the Brooklyn Dodgers, and. You wonder from a fundamental standpoint, from the ability to play the game standpoint, it's not that Jackie Robinson did it any differently than any of the white players that have played over the course of the past 60 years. It was the fact that for whatever reason, baseball had outlawed and basically blackballed, no pun intended, you know, the African-American athlete and allowing that athlete to compete with white athletes. And I mentioned, and this is not intended to be a shameless plug, but it's going to be anyway. I'm working on the book, the top 100 offensive position players of all time. And as it applies to baseball, you could say, hey, from the dead ball era on, you could say from integration on. And you could make a good case why it would make sense to do that. But what you're doing is you're disrespecting and dis regarding the players, excuse me, that played beforehand. So the players in the Negro Leagues don't get the same amount of respect. And I give Bob Kendrick in the Negro Leagues Museum and the many, many, many. And, I, and you know, if I listed a couple of them, I'd be leaving some out. So I'm not going to call out any particular names. But there's, there's many people that do great research when it comes to the Negro Leagues history and the Negro Leagues, you know, preserving it. You know, whether it's calculating stats, whether it's just trying to factor in exactly what these players did. You you look at a guy like Josh Gibson, who may have been one of the best players ever. And he gets held back because we don't know exactly how many home runs he's hit. John Donaldson was a great pitcher. And if I was going to put a list of the top 100 offense, I'm sorry, top 100 starting pitchers in a history of Major League Baseball, I may very well put John Donaldson number one. The guy had probably 500 wins, probably, I'm sorry, 400-something wins, probably 5,000 strikeouts, pitched, what, 30 seasons? Had how many 30 strikeout games? Unbelievable things that this man has done. 
So how does it apply into what I'm interested in doing in a book that I'm working on? Baseball started sometime in the 18, what, 1840s, 1850s, organized into an official league for the first time in 1871 with the National Association. So many different variations of the game has existed, which means there's many different players that play it in different times. So how fun has that been for me to put together all the research and, you know, rank them? Not just from this time, not just that did this or did that. Japanese players, players in the Mexican League. And, and sure, you know, my variation or my opinion of it is going to be different than yours. But that's why when I release the book, I say, hey, read it. Read it with the intention of coming back at me with your own top 100. But, you know, thinking back to Jackie Robinson and the pain he had to endure and the additional interest that he had in doing what's right for the other African-Americans. You know, he, he sacrificed a lot. He took a lot of abuse. And then I think sometimes of those that were actually the ones that were passing out the abuse. And I compare it to society in a way that we are right now. You're talking about Deshaun Jackson. You talk about Drew Brees. You talk about even going back, hey, some of the statements that Josh Hader, a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, made a couple years back where he had some tweets that, for whatever reason, when he was a teenager, he never deleted. The opportunity that we have to grow. And I bet some of those that were hurtful and said hateful things to Jackie Robinson while he, while he was playing, whether they were fans, whether they were teammates, whether they were opponents, hopefully, if they haven't grown themselves and understood and become less ignorant and become more educated, their sons and daughters may have and their grandsons and granddaughters may have. And for anybody out there that's listening, you may not see that because the news and the media always likes to focus on the negative. But we as a society are in such a great, greater position right now because those that are ignorant, those that are racist, those that are hateful, those that don't like people of any other wake, shape or form are ostracized and are looked at as the outliers. They're the minorities. And rather than celebrate those couple people, and obviously celebrate, I'm talking in a negative way, give them attention, talk about them time after time after time, and bring up the bad people. I think it's more time to bring up the good people. The unification that we actually do have when we are focused, when we're not talking about the differences amongst each other. The majority of the people are in support of ending police brutality. The majority of the people out there are in support of all people being treated equal. The majority of the people out there are in favor of condemning people that are acting in a negative way that are ruining it for those that aren't. Those are the majorities. 
When you're talking about the minorities, we're talking about the ones that we are focusing on. And not minorities like minority groups, but minorities in regards to the amount of people that are standing out and making others look bad. So that's all I have to say about this. I didn't want to spend a couple minutes talking about baseball and the season that's coming up. And as always, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey, by two ways. One passion food truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I was trying to think 60 games, you know, the possibility of a player hitting 400, it certainly could happen. There's a possibility that a pitcher could win a Cy Young, you know, with, you know, two or three wins. Jacob DeGrom could go winless and win his third straight Cy Young in a National League. And there's also a very good chance that, hey, a team that really isn't part of the cream may not have, you know, a good team may not have necessarily had the opportunity to rise to the top because of a bad start. We could have a playoff system that's very different than what we've seen in past years. Yeah, I remember looking at the National League and the American League last year, and, you know, hey, the Twins were a little bit of a surprise, but we knew the Yankees were going to make the playoffs. We knew the Astros were going to make the playoffs. In the National League, we knew the Dodgers were going to get there. We thought it was pretty likely that the Nationals are going to get there. And then you look at some of the teams in, you know, whether it's the Central or the East, and you knew there was going to be some competition, whether it was Boston, Tampa Bay, whether it was Mets, Phillies whether it's Cubs, Cardinals. Now you really do open up the possibility of just about anybody making the playoffs. The Miami Marlins can make the playoffs. So people may say, hey, the Orioles, they're too far behind. You know, they're too so at the bottom in regards to their rebuilding process. Well, what if they go off to a good start? What if you go through the first month of the season, which we remember April in baseball flies right by. And all of a sudden, you're seeing teams with records of, I don't know, what, 15 and 10, 16 and, and 11. And you get off to that good start, but you don't understand right now because of what's happening is that that's almost equates to about half of the baseball season. So you put two of those together and those teams that were usually outliers and kind of looking pretty good after the month of May, all of a sudden the season's over. And those other teams that got off to a bad start didn't have time to come back. So I think anything is pretty much a possibility. And the next show we'll do, the past ball show, where we'll, we'll get into an in-depth preview of what I could expect to see, hopefully, in a full baseball season of 60 games plus the postseason, which is expected to start on July 23rd. But there's a lot of things that are going to be fun to watch. And that's what makes baseball America's pastime. This is what makes baseball the ultimate sanctuary for one to kind of just hide away from a lot of the BS that you just heard me talking about. You know, I talked a lot of shit today, and sorry for the second time, you know, using a profanity, but, you know, I didn't even divulge into the world of politics, something that I refuse to do. But the problem is, is that, you know, we have taken away our own rights, the rights that we have as people to believe what we want to believe. And the fact that, you know, a four years ago, we were forced to, through a presidential election to choose between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. 
is an indictment on all of us. We're all to blame for that. And you say, hey, why can't you just get better presidential candidates? Well, why can't we all just become better people and more accepting of those that are different from us? And that's what I'm going to leave you with today. Once again, we celebrate 500 past ball shows. You get up there, you want to check out my site, you want to see what I've done, I don't care. Bottom line is, you should ask yourself, what do you want to be remembered for? And ask yourself, when you when you are out there in front of people, when you get the opportunity to sit there or stand on that soapbox, what are you conveying to others? Are you conveying the vision? Are you conveying the fact that you believe so much into what you believe that you don't respect those that believe something different? Once again, dude, I think we all have it wrong, unfortunately. And we need to spend some more time with each other, listening, asking questions. Like I said, uh, you know, somebody that's fortunate like me to have grown up with a mother and a father and have been blessed enough that my mother and father are still around and with me and I see all the time and, you know, they, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy, excited for that. I think it's the greatest thing that, a greatest gift that somebody could have. But I've been the first to tell you that I can't relate to what it is for those that don't have a, are missing a parent. Maybe their father was a deadbeat and left them at a young age. But it doesn't mean that I can't ask questions. It doesn't mean that I have to be so disengaging because my upbringing was different. I don't know. I think we've gotten way off topic today, but whatever. Past Fall Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, by St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. We'll be back with you next week. Like I said, check out the site, JohnPLA.com. You can check out my YouTube channel, search John Pielli. Uh, we're up over 2,500 subs, so thank you for everybody that has spent time to become part of the show. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play. Just type in Past Fall Show. Uh, we're going to get into Spotify. We're going to try to come up with a couple more means. Also, going to look to kind of spruce things up a little bit. We're going to add the lightning. We're going to work on some uh, microphone and speakers and stuff like that. We're going to invest in the show. So hopefully a past ball show. Going to be in here with you for a long time. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.